From Hollywood, California, the makers of Old Gold Cigarettes present the Comedy Theater. The only radio program that brings you every week the greatest stars and the greatest comedies. Tonight's play, the radio version of the Warner Brothers production, A Slight Case of Murder, starring Edward G. Robinson with Alan Jacobs. And here is the director of the Old Gold Comedy Theater, Mr. Harold Lloyd. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. For tonight's play, we have selected a nice, cheery little item entitled, A Slight Case of Murder. It's a story that deals with a benevolent gentleman, a former bootlegger of some importance, whose tenderness of heart is equaled only by his firmness of mind. For such a role, whom could we have chosen but... Me? But Edward G. Robinson. I, uh, I checked my guns at the door, Harold. Yeah, <laughs> good. Although we all know that in real life, you're hardly the kind of a person you've portrayed so often on the screen. Well, which is rather a fortunate thing. Otherwise, think of what might have happened to the population of this country. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a relief to know that you prefer collecting musical albums rather than machine guns. However, in the play, you're Remy Markle, a man whose beer kept a lot of people from being thirsty during Prohibition. But when prohibition was repealed... I decided to go legitimate. I called the boys in and I said to them, Boys, from now on, we're going to be legit. From now on, this ain't no still. It's a brewery, see? <laughs> it's going to have real class, just like any business enterprise. So uh, dump the artillery. And did they? Well, there was a little grumbling. The boys felt kind of naked without their persuaders, but they dumped the stuff. <laughs> they dumped it, and we went into business making real beer. Mm-hmm. The only thing was, I wasn't accustomed to doing things legitimate. Also, my beer wasn't so good, so <laughs> after a while, I found myself in a kind of a hole. I owe the bank 40 grand, and I didn't have it. Mm. You see, I'd send my daughter Mary to Europe to get a fancy education, and that cost dough. So when the bank threatened to foreclose on the brewery, I didn't have it. What did you do? Well, I got my wife and my daughter and the boys together, and we all drove up to a house I used to rent in Saratoga for the racing season. Mary had gone to her room, and I was talking to my wife, Nora, in the library. Oh, it's swell being back here. Yeah, it is a nice dump, isn't it? For example, Remy, observe the architecture. The what? The way the joint is laid out. Oh. <laughs> hey, boss. Yeah? Mike, since you've been a servant, you ain't learned nothing. You call Remy, sir, I'll bat your ears off. Okay. I mean, uh, yes, ma'am. Hey, sir. <laughs> oh, what's the matter, Mike? Well, I uh, went into your bedroom to open up a couple of the windows. Well, that was very thoughtful of you, Mike. Yeah, only uh, I don't think you can use that room. Why not? There seems to be some people in it. People? What people? How many people? Well, there's uh, four fellas sitting around in chairs. Did you tell them to get out? Well, I'll tell you, I thought I'd speak to them about it, but uh, them people are in no position to listen to much. <laughs> they don't seem to be alive. What, you mean they're dead? Well, that's about what it comes to, boss. I never heard of such gall in my life. What does the landlady mean by going away and leaving four dead people in the house? It ain't sanitary. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, Nora. Uh, Mike, uh, what was wrong with those fellas? Well, boss, somebody shot them. Shot them? Uh-huh, right in that room. Interrupted their card game, too. One fella had a full house. They're sitting there just as natural as anything. Well, you gotta get them out of there. I can't have people like that around the house. 
What did the neighbors think? What did Mary's fiancé, that whitewood fellow, what did he think if he come in while they were there? What would anybody think? Uh, we better call up the Board of Health and tell them we want to use that room. Boss. <laughs> I don't think you'd better do that. I don't think we want any outsiders in on this. You know who those fellas are? Who? One of them is Little Dutch. Little Dutch? Then there's Black Hat Gallagher, No-Nose Cone. And the other's a fella I don't know. He must be a total stranger. What difference does it make who they are? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, uh, say, those are the fellas I had a lot of trouble with in the old days. They tried to see me a couple of times before. Carrying guns, too. Were they mad at you? Well, they used to own the brewery before I owned it. They claimed I never paid them for it. <laughs> Did you? No. Well, that was, uh... <laughs> That was before I was legitimate. Oh? Yeah, and the trouble with those guys was I could never get over the feeling they had some right to that fury because they started it. Well, they must have had an argument upstairs and shot it out. Yeah, now the worst of it is some people might get the wrong idea about them being found in my house like this. Oh, why can't people let bygones be by... Uh, Mike, uh, get Lefty and Joe here. I think they would be interested. Sure. Oh, well, uh, Mike. Yeah? Which one had that full house? Little Dutch. I thought so. <laughs> Lucky Fink, that little Dutch. The boys uh, nearly got the car loaded, Mike? Yeah, one more stiff to go. Uh. <laughs> Them bombs! That's just the kind of a dirty trick those fellas would pull. Mm. Leaving themselves in that kind of shape around your house. Yeah, that little Dutch never had no consideration for other people's feelings. Say, are you sure you boys didn't have a hand to knock them off? No such luck. Hey, boss. Uh, got them all in the car, Joe? Yeah, yeah, look, I got it all figured out. These must be the fellas who was knocked off. They knocked off that bookie's truck at the racetrack yesterday. Remember it was in the papers? Yeah, maybe you got something there. They knocked off the guy driving the truck, didn't they? Yeah, and they didn't get no dough. Oh, boy, the joke was sure on them. Then <laughs> after they pull that job, they come straight here to take up that old matter of the bury with the boss. Yeah, some noise. Reopening all wounds and me legitimate for years. They're all aboard, boss. The car's ready to go. Well, thanks, Lefty. Now... <laughs> Now, uh, let's take those people and throw them away somewhere. Where? Say, boss, you know that gentleman jockey, Mr. Brent? Yeah? I bet on a horse of his out at Belmont one day, and I think he pulled the goat. I know he pulled that goat. Though I hate to say anything against a gentleman jockey. Say, boss, how would it be like to leave one of these stiffs on his doorstep? Well, that's fine. I don't care much for gentleman jockeys myself. How about Little Dutch for Mr. Brent? Oh, why not? We'll leave Black Hat Gallagher at Briggs Cottage around the corner. <laughs> Joe Briggs welched on me when he was making book of Jamaica. Hey, boss, there's a fella I don't like. He runs a restaurant downtown. Uh-uh, we can't take any downtown. Uh, we'll leave one on uh, Colonel Jake Schultz's lawn. Yeah, the Schultz Bury guy. Yeah, once he told it around, I was making chemical beer. <laughs> well, we'll give him no-nose corn. He's the ugliest. How about uh, picking a spot for that stranger? He ain't no rose. Hey, boss, can't I keep just one of them in the kitchen till late? I'll take them downtown myself. It'll be no bother for you. Yeah, no, we gotta get him out right away. Nora's getting sore. How about giving the little stranger to Marshall Preston, that blue nose, who's always wanting to make horse racing illegal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, come on, let's get started. Oh, so he wants to close down the tracks, huh? Well, okay, he gets the stranger. Uh, Mike. 
You stand with the missus. Me and the other boys will make the deliveries. Oh, boss, Lefty went last time. I never have no fun. Now, you heard me stick here. You're getting spoiled. Always thinking of your own pleasure. Get going, Joe. Okay. Hey, this is sure some swell driveway in front of the house. Hey, boss. Yeah? It's a state trooper turning in. He's heading toward us. Well, you know what to do. Step on it. You missed him. What's the matter with you lately, Joe? <laughs> I don't know. It's a life I'm leading, boss. I was much better when I was illegitimate. <laughs> Now here's Bob Williams with an important announcement of special interest to all smokers. As we've done before due to wartime restriction, the cellophane wrapper on old gold packages will be removed for the warm months ahead. Cellophane is most effective during the winter months when artificial indoor heat tends to dry out tobacco. But during this summer, and for the first time since the beginning of the war, old golds will again have the special protection of aluminum foil, which was released in limited quantity for packaging. So, Old Gold's unique blend of many tobaccos, including its touch of rare imported Latakia tobacco, will still be doubly protected. Protected by aluminum foil and protected by apple honey, which helps guard Old Gold's against cigarette dryness. Yes, the grand fragrant aroma and swell taste of Old Gold will still be well protected to give you your full quota of smoking enjoyment. Now, if you're not already getting old golds wrapped in aluminum foil, they'll be coming to you in their new dress real soon. Distribution is just about complete. So keep asking for old gold and enjoy a finer-tasting cigarette. And now back to Harold Lloyd in the second act of tonight's Old Gold Comedy Theater presentation, A Slight Case of Murder. Starring Edward G. Robinson with Alan Jenkins. All right, Mr. Lloyd. Well, while Marco and the boys were out making their little deliveries, the state trooper they missed drove up to the front door of the Marco home, rang the doorbell, and when Mary answered it, he promptly kissed her. Which, considering Mary, was the only intelligent thing to do. Oh, Mary, darling. Oh, Dick. Hey, let's not talk. Let's, let's just... not. Mother is here now. Dick, what on earth are you doing in that uniform? Well, remember you told me back in Paris that you wouldn't marry me unless I stopped living on my father's money and got myself a job. Yeah? Well, I got a job as a state trooper. Oh, well, I'm not sure. Mike told me there was a copper in here. Oh, I... you're Mrs. Marco, aren't you? What of it? Oh, Mother, this is Dick. Oh. Oh! Oh, oh, forgive me for my harsh tone, Mr. Whitewood. But you must remember my shock, thinking it was the law. It was only you. Uh, how did you ever happen to take up uh, trooping? Well, I was stopped for speeding in Westchester one day, and I... Did you I, beat the rap? I beg your pardon? Oh, where is Dad, Mother? Oh, he should be back at any moment now. He um, went out. It'll be very interesting having a policeman in the family, I hope. Oh, Mama, I... Oh, Copper. Are you in this house on any business? Well, no, sir, I... Well, then get out of here. Get out! <laughs> we got plenty of gall walking into an honest man's house. 
<laughs> I don't have to stand for any coppers around me now. Oh, but Father... Remy, he's... he's... I don't care who he is. I don't want no cops prowling on my joint. Remy, he's Mary's intentional... Uh, intended. He's gonna marry her. What? This is Dick Whitewood, Father. But you never told me your boyfriend was a cop. He just became one, Father. Well, he should have resisted that temptation. <laughs> Coming around dressed up like that, scaring people. Uh, why don't you two run out and have your dinner with Dick's father? I'll square the beef here. Oh, come on, Dick. We'll give Remy time to get used to the idea. All right, but we'll be seeing you later. I'll bring my own dad over. Hey, Mary doesn't think for one minute I'm going to let her marry a copper. Why, we'd never be able to hold up our heads again. Why, Remy, ain't you forgetting that we're on the side of law and order ourselves? Oh, now? sure, but we don't have to have it right in the house. Remy. <laughs> Oh, Remy, he loves Mary, and Mary loves him, just like you and I used to be. Yeah, but I was, ne I was never no copper. Well, don't hold no man's job against him, Remy. If he's so stupid he can't get no other work, let him be a copper. <laughs> Come on, have your dinner, and you'll feel better. All right, all right. Say, uh, you don't suppose he gets a pleasure out of arresting people? You know, there are coppers in this world like that. How's it cooking, Joe? Oh, all right. Only it's kind of dull. If this legit stuff keeps up much longer, I'm going to kiss you guys goodbye and spend the rest of my days in an old lady's home. Oh, cheer up, will you, Mike? I hit the boss up for something on our back wages and he gave us 50 bucks on account. Gee, I didn't think he was that low. Even lower. Unless he digs up 40 grand by tomorrow, that guy posts from the bank is going to foreclose on a bury. Then we're out of everything. Marcus should have never gone legit. Well, he couldn't have kept prohibition from being repealed all by himself, could he? <laughs> hey, I've been looking at this paper here. There's an offer of 10,000 bucks reward for each of those guys who held up the bookie's truck, dead or alive. You mean those guys that we found and delivered are worth 10 grand apiece? Yeah. So what are we waiting for? Leave us go and recollect them. Gentlemen, <laughs> leave us go to work. Well, that soup's a long time coming up Lefty must be trying out a new recipe or something Remy, I wish you wouldn't take this thing about the boys being a cop so serious You'll like him when you get used to him Oh, I ain't got nothing against the kitty Just that I don't like his advocation Uh, Lefty uh, Lefty! Oh, we better go see what's holding them up. Oh, there's nobody in the kitchen. You're kidding. Hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, there, there's a note on the kitchen table. Let's see what it says. Dear boss, we have taken a half hour off. <laughs> Signed, Mike. You know, I'm getting a little discouraged with Mike, Nora. You ought to be. After all you've done for him and give No, him. it ain't that. It's just that I can't teach him to spell. Look at the way he spells took him with two O's. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, some people just ain't got it in them to learn real grammar. Now, you and me, Remy. On the phone. Yeah, I'll take it, Nora. Hello? Marco, this is Post. Who is it, Remy? Uh, Post, the guy from the bank I owe that dodo. Uh, how are you, Post? I'm all right, thanks. I'm stopping at the Shawford Hotel. Oh. Uh, Marco, the board of directors decided to call your note in. Decided? 
Well, you, you came all the way up here to tell me that? I have all the papers with me. Unless your note's paid by 12 o'clock noon tomorrow, we have orders to proceed with the foreclosure on the brewery. Yeah, but you, but you can't do that, Post. Uh, look, uh, that brewery's the only thing I got. Uh, look, uh, now, wait, it would be different if I didn't have the dough. I, I got it, but I need it for advertising, you know, uh, radio. Uh, uh, hello? Hello? He hung up. Remy, does that mean... Yeah. We're broke, Mama. The brewery, the townhouse, everything. Oh, I've been a sucker, a setup for a bunch of tin-horned moneylenders. It was only too, too quick to dish it out when I was making dough, but pull back their ears now when I need it. They're holding a note for a lousy $40,000, and if it ain't paid by tomorrow, everything goes. Well, Remy, we've been broke before. You've been in tough spots you always got out of. You'll get out of this you one. You bet I will. Trouble with me has been I've been playing the other guy's game. I've been trying to be legitimate, and it ain't my racket. I don't know the rules, so I've been behind the eight ball. But beginning right now, I'm going to be illegitimate. <laughs> oh, that's the doorbell. It, it must be Dick's old man. Oh, well, Whitewood, huh? Okay, uh, let me see. Now, here's where Marco goes to work. You know what I'm going to do, Nora? I'm going to ride outside there and sell that guy a half interest in the brewery. <laughs> Well, we got them all back to the house. Yeah, lucky, too. I thought for a minute we was going to lose No-Nose Cohen when Colonel Schultz came along just then. <laughs> yeah, that was a swell idea. Mike telling him No-Nose is a friend of ours who got lost in the jag and was just leaning up against his door, resting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, we can't keep those stiffs in here, in the car. Somebody's liable to come nosing around here. Well, where will we put the stiffs, Mike? Well, we found them first, I guess. Up in the boss's bedroom. They'll be, uh, they'll be more private there. Well, well, sir, you're Dick's old man, Mr. Whitewood. I guess that's why you look like him, huh? Uh, have a glass of beer. I never drink, sir. Oh, that's too bad. Oh. Uh, like my library? Had some books put in. Oh, isn't that customary? Hmm? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> Mr. Marco, after meeting you and your wife, I'm deeply concerned, sir. I'm afraid... Oh, you mean about them getting married? Uh, that's all right. Uh, you can stop worrying. Oh, really? But, Mr. Marco, perhaps I should explain that we Whitewoods came over on the Mayflower... Now, and... don't apologize, Mr. Whitewood. Oh. <laughs> Uh, apologize, uh, sir. I, I don't hold a man's past against him. Uh, now, look, Mr. Whitewood, to prove it, I like you. I'm going to let you become a partner in my brewery. You are? Yeah, for a lousy 40 grand. But I don't... Uh, furthermore, I'll tell you what I'll do. I got my picture on the bottles. When you're my partner, I'll put your picture on the cans. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Marco, this is ridiculous, sir. I have no intention of investing in any brewery and... Uh, what? Uh, what's, the, what's the matter? My, my heart. I, I get these attacks. Oh. I, I must lie down. Oh, say, that's too... Uh, huh. Well, I, I know. You, you, you go right on up to my bedroom lay down there. Uh, <clears throat> first door to your left at the head of the landing. Now, you go on. Go on. I'll explain to the folks, and while you're up there, you think over my proposition. Uh, go on now. Thank you. It uh, should ought to be nice and peaceful up there. Absolutely nothing to disturb you. 
Well, he didn't sound so enthusiastic. Maybe he... Boss! Boss! Uh, go away, Mike, will you? I'm thinking. But I got something to tell you. It ain't important. Nothing is important except raising 40 grand for that foreclosure That's and... That's what I want to tell you about. Hmm? You remember those four fellas we found up in your bedroom? Well, sure. Well, there was a 10 grand reward out for them. 10 grand for each of them. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. 10 times 4... Makes 40 grand. Yeah, but we give them away. Now, boss... Me and the boys brought him back. Mike. Mike, you're a good boy. <laughs> well, then all we got to do is turn him over. No, we can't do that on account of the cops might be suspicious of us. Uh, where'd you park the stuffs? Right in the same room where we found them, in the closet. And you mean up in my bedroom? Yeah. We figured they was accustomed to that room. But Whitewood just <laughs> went up there. He ain't well. Suppose he was accidentally to open that closet. Eh, nothing like that ain't liable to happen. Boss, don't look now, but is that Whitewood at the head of the stairs? Help! Murder! Police! That is Whitewood. Oh, well, there are always two ways to look at a thing. Isn't that right, Bob Williams? Oh, I think so, Harold. Now, you take the fellow who's planted his first victory garden. He set out rows of tomatoes and cool, crisp lettuce to go up with him. But instead of lettuce, up comes spinach. <laughs> well, either that fellow can swear off gardening altogether, or he can just relax and say to himself, Why be irritated? Light an old gold. Yes, sir, smokers. An old gold sure brings you a harvest of real pleasure, grand extra flavor, plus special protection against cigarette dryness. You see, old gold's blend of great tobaccos, including a touch of tasty Latakia tobacco, is conditioned with the special moisture-protecting agent we call apple honey. Made from the juice of fresh apples, it actually helps prevent cigarette dryness. So, for a better, keener, tastier smoke... Light an old gold. And remember, while we're producing all the cigarettes possible without sacrificing old gold quality, our armed forces get first consideration. At the same time, we're doing our utmost to assure fair distribution of remaining old golds. So if you must be content with substitute brands today, be content to know that tomorrow, if you ask, your dealer may have old gold. And now back to Harold Lloyd and the third act of tonight's Old Gold Comedy Theater presentation, A Slight Case of Murder, starring Edward G. Robinson with Alan Jenkins. All right, Mr. Lloyd. Well, if you're going to have corpses around the house, it's nicer to have them worth $10,000 apiece, which is what the corpses Remy Marco had were worth. Unfortunately, he couldn't afford to have them found dead. People might think things which makes it a ticklish proposition when Mr. Whitewood, who didn't care for Remy anyway, apparently found them in Remy's bedroom closet and came staggering out, screaming, Help! Police! Murder! What's wrong? Father, what happened? Remy, what's the old gent yelling about? Mr. Marker. I went to the closet to hang up my coat, and Mr. Marco, there are four of your friends in that closet with guns. Well, can you imagine that? Well, can it be that uh, somebody's intruding on Marco? One of them attacked me, and the others in the closet shook their fists and waved their guns. Boss, he thinks they're alive. I know, I got an idea. 
Say, um, I just thought uh, those people up there must be the ones who held up that truck. Yeah, that's it, boss. Them there parties are the bandits. But Dick, bandits do something right away. Uh, oh, oh, all right. Where's the phone? Uh, over there, Dick. Well, what are you going to do with the phone? Why, well, just this. Hello, operator. This is the Marco place. What do I want? I want a policeman. But, Dick, you're a policeman. Huh? Oh, I forgot. Well, that gives me an idea. Young fellow, here's your big chance. Big chance for what? To become a hero. Oh, right. Uh, boss, what did you think he's doing? Taking out his gun and standing at the foot of the stairs. Hey, what do you think you're doing, Dick? I'm guarding the stairway. Get a load of that, boss. He thinks they'll all leave by the front door. That's no good. When the, other, when the other cops come, they'll find the stiffs upstairs already dead. I got it. Uh, uh, look, Dick, uh, do you want to make a big shot out of yourself? How? Well, you go up to that room and order them to come out of that closet with their hands up. But suppose they don't. I lay 500 to one, they don't. <laughs> well, uh, if they don't, or even if they hesitate, Dick, you start popping. Uh, don't try to open the door or they'll shoot your ears off. Yeah, they're dead. Shot. <laughs> don't you think it'd be wiser to wait for reinforcements? Young man, you're wearing the uniform of your country. Uh, anyways, your state. Do you want people to say you disgraced it? He's right, my son. You're a whitewood. Well, uh, come on. Come on, uh, me and Mike will go with you. Uh, Mike, take his other arm and we'll help him upstairs. Okay, boss. <laughs> That's my son. Don't apologize, Pop. You can't help it. Hey, hey, Dick. Walk a little bit. Well, uh, Me and Rummy can't carry you all the way. Well, here we are. <clears throat> in the bedroom. Hmm. Closet door's locked. Mike, uh, let go of him. Uh, Dick. Huh? Order them to come out. Oh. Come. Come out with your hands up or I'll shoot. Well, they don't seem to be coming out. Surprise. What I better do? Well, uh, seeing it's a rented house, I kind of hate to do it, but you better shoot. Uh, all right. You hit the chandelier. <laughs> you better try keeping your eyes open, Dick, and aiming a bit lower, say uh, seven or eight feet. Oh, no, okay, I, I, I'll try. boy. Maybe the closet door ain't uh, quite as big as the side of a barn, but you can't miss. Go on, let it go. Oh, what on earth happened? What happened? Dick, are you all right? Son, son. Well, nice work, Dick. You know, something tells me you got him. Mike? <laughs> open the closet door. Okay, boss. I think he got him, too. Oh! There goes one falling down. Step number two. Number three. And number four. Dick, you got them all. Hey, boss, the kid fell down too. <laughs> Just fainted. After all, facing a closet full of bandits is a strain. Mary, I give my consent to you marrying him. That boy ain't afraid of nothing much. <laughs> Oh, Dick, darling. Mr. Whitewood, I will reconsider my offer to let you become my partner for 40000 Mike, uh, you sure we get ten grand apiece for the stiffs? Sure. Uh, Mr. Whitewood, it will now cost you one hundred grand to get your picture on the cans. Uh, Nora. Yes, Remy? After the cops cart the stiffs away, have the boys clean up the room. 
Oh, and Mike. Yeah, boss? Bring me a bottle of beer. Your beer? My beer. What do you want? What do you, what do you want to do? Kill me? Well, so closes a slight case of murder. Right now, Edward G. Robinson and Alan Jenkins, our thanks to you for a most enjoyable half hour. Well, it's been a lot of fun doing it again, Harold. It was a pleasure. Uh, who's on the old gold roster next Sunday, Harold? We're very happy to welcome next week Jack Haley and Martha O'Driscoll in The Nervous Wreck. Well, I'll be listening. And so will I. Good night, folks. Until next Sunday. See you then. <laughs> A Slight Case of Murder was presented through the courtesy of Warner Brothers, producers of the mirth-provoking picture, Roughly Speaking. The screenplay was written by Earl Baldwin and Joseph Schrank from the original story by Damon Runyon and Howard Lindsay. Edward G. Robinson can currently be seen in international pictures, Woman in the Window. Alan Jenkins will soon be seen in Universal's Lady on a Train. And now until next Sunday evening, don't let little annoyances get you down. Why be irritated? Light an old gold. Its tobaccos are conditioned with apple honey to help guard against cigarette dryness and to give you more smoking pleasure. This is Bob Williams saying goodnight for old gold. This is the National Broadcasting Company.